Speak softly loud and hold me warm against your heart. I hear your Good evening, everyone. Everyone that's out there listening, I hope. Um, here we are again. Another week, another show. And um, again, we just have to thank you so much. The word is spreading. Our audience is getting larger each week. So thank you for subscribing, man. We need your help. Not that we need your help, but we just want you to be there because unless we'd be talking to ourselves. <laughs> so um, Pat and I thought we could ask a question to Megan mm. because she's representing all you millennials out there. <laughs> and with my life being a dinosaur and Pat not too far behind me. Hey, speak for yourself. <laughs> what What is the curiosity of if you had to ask me a question, hmm. now that you've read my book and know right. a little about my life, what do you find most fascinating? Well, obviously, Frank Sinatra. He's a legend. And everybody, even my age, knows who he is, has heard his name, but I guess don't really know you know, him in depth. So I was wondering, what was your relationship really like with Frank Sinatra? Well, that'd be about 10 shows. <laughs> no, but, no, the good news about me, well, my meeting Frank Sinatra, first of all, was uh, part of my really younger days because um, most of you know I, I had polio, and thank God that I did because it, it built the foundation in my life that I wouldn't be who I am today without it, so without getting into that. But the first time I was introduced as Frank Sinatra, I was like going on seven and a half, eight years old, and I found out we share our same birthday, December 12th, and I was in the ward listening to my little transistor radio, and WNEW said, today is Frank Sinatra's birthday. And they give us a whole history, and they always played Sinatra music anyway, but I didn't realize that he and I were both born December 12th, both born Italian-Americans. He was, you know, from one island, Hoboken, New Jersey, and was 12 miles apart, rooftop to rooftop, which I found out later when Gene Dixon did a whole comparison of our lives and the parallels of all the 12s and all of that. Mm -hmm. And then also that the fact that, you know, his career was gone with the wind and my career happened to be the godfather. And she said I was gonna be a big star I'm still waiting for that. So it's, uh, she's she's not that good in predictions. But you mean from here to eternity? Not going. I mean here to eternity. That's what I'm sorry. Here to eternity. Thank you for correcting me. It's the second. Well, I was going to look at the movie again. It's, it's the, the second. You had. It's the second Martini. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. no not that again. No, there we go. But anyway, so with that said, I had this attraction to this guy, not knowing him, and then soon after that my relationship with Costello and being at the Cope and having the privileges to go into buildings and the ones that he owned and unannounced, I happened to walk in on a sound check of Frank Sinatra doing a sound check and rehearsal for the night's performance of his opening. Mm. And I walked in and he looked at me and Jules Bodell said, no, don't worry about him, he's with us the kid. Mm. And that name stuck with him even until he died. He always used to call me the kid. And um, when he had a break, I went over to him and I said, Mr. Sinatra, I said, I gotta tell you something. You changed my whole life. And he said, how'd I do that? I said, well, as a young kid, I got to realize I share your birthday, December 12th. He said, you kidding me? I said, no. I said, and uh, how'd that change your life? I said, well, I, was, I got polio. I was in the polio ward. And I just told him a brief story and I, I heard WNEW. So he said to me, how did I change your life? I said, well, I had a radio in my ward. I was a kid, and they had the radio saying, today's Frank Sinatra's birthday. And I realized that, you know, you're an Italian-American, I'm Italian-American. And I really was depressed by myself without my family. And you gave me such encouragement to have hope and move on. And he teared up. and. Anybody that knows Sinatra, it's very rare. I saw him tear up twice in his life. Really? Once that day, and I had the privilege, and I mean again the privilege, 
of being in his audience at Caesar's Palace when his mother's plane was missing hmm. and they didn't know whether she perished or not. And on the end of the show, the first show, he was doing two shows a night, and he's basically Sinatra was an atheist. I called him an atheist. He always cursed God, did all these things. And on that night, he said, I want all of you, please do me a favor before my last song. Just take a minute of silence and pray for my mother. She's missing. Mm. And the audience didn't know what it was about. Right. And again, he teared up. And then he sang the closing number. And then he was told his mother died in a plane crash. Oh, my gosh. Which was insane. But... When I told him that story, bringing you back to the Copa, we had a different feeling for each other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and most more kind, not so abrupt. But then somebody must have whispered in his ear saying, you know, this guy's with Costello. He oh. may be young, but he's with Costello. Because <laughs> then we went later on as we, I matured and got a bigger roster, just not the streets of New York, and what my errands were. I started going to Vegas. So he started seeing me sing ringside. And he saw me at every show. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, what else do you do when you're in Vegas? If, especially if you want to impress anybody. Right. Oh, you want to go see Sinatra and I got ringside seats. <laughs> <laughs> and I had them every night, two shows a night in the Cobra Room. And I got to know him. But, you know, like so many people, and we, we reflected on it before in other shows, a lot of these entertainers, and I, I try to weigh in on it because I know so many, fortunately. I don't know whether it's the pressure of their lives publicly, but most of them, when they get drunk, when they get drunk, they are bad drunks. And they're nasty people. And they become people, like Pat reflected once about Jackie Gleason and so many different people. But Sinatra's one of those people. And Sinatra, to me, after analyzing for so many years, and I had the privilege of that until he died, I, he, to me, he had a Napoleon complex. Really? Because, you know. He was a little guy? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. He was a very small, frail little guy. Hmm. But when he got drunk, you thought he was six foot four. Oh, my. And, and a lot of times, you know, he's one of those guys, Pat, that we've seen in bars. When they oh, get yeah. Them, hold yeah. me back. Hold me back. I'll knock this guy oh. out. Somebody hold me yeah. back. And then he looks around. There's nobody to hold him back. The guy <laughs> knocks him out. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody should have held the other guy back. Yeah, yeah, right. But, you know, so, I mean, I can understand you, Megan, and, and a lot of the people out there, because, I mean, he, he is an enigma. I mean, right. and uh, Sinatra, especially with Italians, and he's an icon. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, you, you go to some neighborhood bars in uh, Italian sections of, uh, of New York, and I have a jukebox there, and the only records you'll find on a jukebox are Sinatra records. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not uncommon. Right. He's like Johnny said, truly an icon. I mean, there's a bit, one of the biggest radio stations in New York, WNAW, a 50,000 watt station, <clears> had entire shows, weekly shows, dedicated to Sinatra. Jonathan Schwartz, remember him, Johnny? Yep. <clears throat> I mean, he had a, a, a uh, weekly show, a four hour show devoted to Sinatra. Well, how many years did that go on? 20 years? 25 years? I mean, the guy was unbelievable. It's, I saw it live numerous times. It's uh, funny you're saying that because I didn't know it until recently. Sirius Radio has a Sinatra channel. Oh, like a Sinatra station? One of those? Yeah, and his geez. daughter, both daughters actually, Nancy and Tina, mm-hmm. host it. No way. Oh, really? Yeah, you should tune into it. Oh, that's I, actually I did really a couple cool. of times just because that'd be great for you guys, really. Yeah. I mean, Megan, not to do it, because, I mean, I, I, I was in, in love with Tina. Mm. And we always used to say, Tina is the son Sinatra never had. Because mm. Frank was such a pansy. Frank <laughs> Jr., oh my God. And I, I mean, God rest his soul, but he was such an easy guy and crazy kid. I remember when he came to Vegas a couple of times, and I said, Frank, what would you do today, Junior? Mm-hmm. So I went out to the desert and I, I bought a twenty-two. I, I went out and shot cans for a couple of hours, but it got too hot. <laughs> I said, what did you do? 
So I went out to the desert. He was performing at the Frontier Lounge. I mean, he had, you know, he had an act. Yeah. And I'm saying, you got to tell me that one more time. <laughs> yeah. What? I says, you, you bought a 22 <laughs> rifle and spent the afternoon in the desert. It's 116 yeah. degrees what out in there. in the world? He said, well, I don't gamble. I don't know what to do here. I was going to say, well, get a couple of ladies. Are you crazy? You're Sinatra Jr. I'd be landing jets on the strip if I was Sinatra Jr. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> did any of his kids sing? Sinatra Jr. Sinatra Jr. Okay, so he was the and one And Nancy. Oh, okay. Na- oh, that's a funny story. You should bring that up. Huh. Nancy Sinatra had a big first hit. These boots were made for walking. Well, no way. That's her. Way. What? That's it. Yeah. Because that's been redone so oh, many times, Oh, many times. Right? It's an iconic yeah, but, but show. It's yeah. her, though. Oh, no way. I didn't realize yeah. that. So what happened was, it's so funny. Here we are. And I'm, I mean, we had, him and I, like, we had a, a off and on friendship. Because I, 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 I know Sinatra and I respect him. Mm-hmm. But, you, you know, you can't treat me without respect. Yeah. I'm an old time guy. And even though I was younger than, much younger than him. But a couple of times he did a couple of stupid things, but that's negative. But this story is classic because he's having this party for Nancy Sinatra at Caesar's Palace. And weeks were going on, I never got an invitation. Hmm. So I called Dorothy. I said, Dorothy, uh, the old man's having a party for Nancy. I didn't get my, my invitation yet. And she was like, you know, evading it. And I said, what's the matter? So well, you better ask him. I, I can't tell you. So Who's Dorothy? Dor- Dorothy was his secretary forever. Okay. Dorothy took care of all his business. And if you didn't call him the old man, she knew that he didn't tell you to call the office. Mm. That was the thing. So I said, I said, could you get him on the phone? I said, yeah. So I, you know, I get on the phone with him. I said, Frank, I said, the party of the year. I didn't get my invitation. <laughs> Is what party is that? I said, Nancy's party, you're throwing at Jesus Palace. He's Pally. And then once he says Pally, I know I'm not going. Oh man. <laughs> he says, Pally, this is not your not your party. I said, What do you mean? He said, You can't upstage my daughter. I know you. You're gonna pull a stunt. <laughs> you're gonna do something because it's gonna be about you. I said, Well, I learned that from you. He said, Well, not this time. So now I call, because I use my hat. I call the entertainment director, Caesar's Palace. Everybody, you know, they know me. Right. I said, um, who on his list never RSVP'd? And I want to know. <laughs> so Aaron, the guy, I know the guy. He says, um, Aristotle, Onassis, and Jackie O never responded. Hmm. So I said, aha. So a guy called Dr. Elias Ghanem, his name may sound familiar to you because he was uh, Elvis Presley's doctor, everybody's doctor. Oh, okay. Dr. Feelgood. He also owned... <laughs> Dr. Feelgood. He oh, also yeah. gave you a shot of his vitamins. Yeah. Oh. He also owned Air Avia, which ironically, Sinatra's mother died in one of his jets, chartered de- jets. Uh-huh. So I said, do you have a helicopter? He said, yeah. So what are you doing out there? I just want it. <laughs> just this want is, it. No, that's what it was me. And I was living on the Las Vegas Country Club at the time. Mm-hmm. And next to my where I lived was Mo Dalitz, who was Maya Lansky's man in Vegas. Mm. And this guy, this was 100 acres right behind the International Health and a pro course, and then all houses around it on the land, all Walden. So they gave me a house to live in. Mm. So next, and he had a little poodle, just like Maya. I think Maya gave him the poodle. And he's walking his dog, and all of a sudden, I'm in my house, and I'm seeing all this dust. And they're delivering the helicopter to my backyard. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so he comes and rings my bell. He Johnny, unless you're dying, why is that helicopter landing here? I said, well, I'm, I'm gonna, I have something to do with it. He said, Johnny, we don't allow helicopters here. <laughs> I said, nobody told me that. I'm sorry. It's in my yard It's now. here now. <laughs> so he said, how long is it going to be here? I said, I promise you, 
when I'm ready to take you off, we'll hose everything down because of his dog. He was worried about his dog's eyes. Oh. So what I did, I got the, uh, the logo of Onassis and I sprayed it on this helicopter. Oh my gosh. And then I started calling Caesar's Palace and Aaron. I said, Aaron, I'm gonna tip you off. Onassis and Jackie are showing up. I just, somebody told me, in fact, they want me to meet them. And this is, what am I gonna do? I said, they don't want Frank to know that they're coming. Mm. He says, he's controlling everything. I said, well, you better put the table down for two, ringside for Onassis and Jackie. He said, are you kidding me? I said, listen, if they don't show up, you're at a table for two. If they show up and you don't have a table, you're out of here. Yeah. So he puts the table in. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. So now I hire 10 of my own security guards because I don't want to kill anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm going to land this helicopter and seize this front door. Now, anybody that's ever been at Caesar's front door, there's statues lining that driveway. Oh, there's statues everywhere, but I want to land there. So now I have my own PR people on the steps inside, on walkie-talkies before cell phones and all that. Mm -hmm. And I had this one girl working for me. I said, once I'm telling you we're in the air and we're close, I'll keep you on, it's okay. She says, what do you want me to do? I said, I want you to run up and down the staircase. Because the Laurent room, where's the main show, was a beautiful piano case stairway going to the, to, to the main showroom. Mm -hmm. And they created that so they had the depth to go down. The stage was on the level floor, but they made it like an arena. So I said, when I tell you, tell everybody, Onassis and Jackie O are landing outside in the next three or four minutes. <laughs> and then she said, you are crazy. I said, I am crazy. But they're landing, I didn't even clue her in. I got the word from McCarran, they just landed, they're coming. <laughs> they want to surprise Frank. Because she didn't have that enthusiasm mm -hmm. that believed it. Yeah. So now I'm in the helicopter, and prior to going there, I had J uh, Jack Weinstein, who owned Tower of Jewels. I got long stem, fake roses, and I had them gold plate them. Oh. And put them in a black velvet box. And, uh, not velvet, suede. And I'm wearing a suede Edwardian tuxedo. <laughs> with a cape. A Dracula. Yeah, exactly. With oh a, my gosh. With a cape. You really went all out for Why this. Why not? That's incredible. It was, it was like a $25,000, $30,000 stunt, though. Oh, my goodness. But I had the cape because I didn't want him to see it was me. That's so funny. So I get out. <laughs> Everybody's seen this helicopter circling. they seen, you know, the logo. Not, not even if they would know it, but, mm -hmm. you know, the Onassis logo. Yeah. There. And we land, and I had my own 10 security guards. So once we landed, they made a circle around me. Obviously, I was not Onassis or Jackie. <laughs> you o, were neither of them. But they were not going to stop me by now. Uh -huh. They make like a V in front of me to take me in. And I had it timed perfectly because current calls sharp at 8 o'clock. I'm walking in. It's maybe two minutes to 8. Nobody knows who I knew there was a table. Mm -hmm. I go to the table. I sit down. And Frank, How many people are there? Oh, oh the, the, probably at that time, 800. Mm -hmm. No, it was the, the main showroom of yeah. Caesar's Palace. And the curtain opens up, and it's his daughter on a big swing. He, can, <laughs> he can't stop the show. I knew, I knew the whole thing about the show. And she's on a big swing, swinging across the street. These boots are made for walking. <laughs> and everybody's going crazy. And Sinatra's biting his hand. Looking at me, I'm gonna kill you. Oh my I'm gonna goodness. kill you. <laughs> That's so funny. But he can't do nothing. I'm, 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 I mean, I'm, you name anybody, was anybody in Hollywood, they were all there. I'm, I'm, Robert Wagner, everybody was there. Mm -hmm. And so now, again, as it would be, they have a curtain call, and she comes out and bows. I step on my chair, on the table, unwrap these roses, and I give her these roses. Now, 
What girl is not going to want to have two dozen long stem 24 karat gold roses? Oh my gosh. So the audience went into a big overture. They got all the flowers that laying on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as I gave her the roses, I kiss her on the cheek and I go backstage and disappear. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was months later, months later, that he finally started talking to me. I said, Frank, you taught me this stuff, man. Because he, I mean, he, you know the story of what we do to Moisha Diane and Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, he's on, yeah. I learned from him. Mm. You know, you got, you got a pair of opera glasses, cut them cut in, him half, in half, yeah. and gave each one-eyed guy a, a, <laughs> you, I learned from you. So that softened it a little bit anyway. But <laughs> oh, that's great. Sinatra, but. You got to, you know, you got to tell the audience that you guys were close. He was the godfather of your youngest son. Yeah, Luciano, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a big deal in Italian circles, man. In okay. many circles, for that matter. You know, it's... Uh, for him to even accept it, it was so funny. It was, you know, I, uh, Sinatra was buried at a Good Shepherd Church in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. You gotta, I gotta make sure we get that chair oiled for Frank, uh, for Pat. <laughs> no, that, that's not the chair. That's my bones, man. I'm getting old. Oh, man. man yeah. There's no way. Okay. That okay. is not possible. But anyway, but we all used to go to, whoever went to church, used to go to Good Shepherd Church, Sunday night, 5, 5, 5 for 30 Mass, on Little Santa Monica Boulevard, mm-hmm. and leave there and go to Mateo's in Westwood. Now, Maddie Mateo, Maddie Jordan, was very close to Frank in the neighborhood. They're both from Hoboken. And... It happened to be that Dolly, Frank's mother, mm-hmm. was a midwife and delivered Maddie and his mother delivered Frank. Oh, wow. And both of them had um, a birth defect because of the, uh, what do they call forceps. it? What, what, forceps. Yeah. Yeah. They yank you out. They yank you out. So Frank had a major scar. Really? And Maddie Jordan, his his uh, Dolly, Frank's mother, actually ruptured something in his neck. He was never, his head was always cocked. Oh my gosh. And the guy was the funny, he's like a Damon Runyon character. Look up Maddie Jordan, the guy's nuts. <laughs> so anyway, this is how far back I go with these people. Yeah. And so now it's, here we are, and like you pointed out, being a godfather of my kid is a big thing. But Maddie opened a restaurant called Mateo's on Westwood Boulevard. You had to be who's who to get a table on Sunday night. Mm. It was like the Ed Sullivan show in a restaurant. So Sinatra, who was in town, was there all the time. And he would reserve like three or four tables. So some, some B-class people were called that maybe at five o'clock. No, Frank just increased eight. You can't come. <laughs> So we had our table set up. But even during that pregnancy, which uh, my wife Shannon didn't realize, you know, but this is Sinatra. Mm-hmm. And her mother was with me, even the grandmother. He'd sooner we'd walk in, he'd want to see her, and he'd kiss her stomach. I mean, these old guys, that, yeah. that was yeah, a big thing. Getting, man. And, and make, you know, and kiss the stomach. And she said, he's perverted. I said, Nick, but don't, don't say that. Yeah. Don't say that, <laughs> please. <laughs> but he took, and, and that's why, like Pat's saying, that was a, a great honor that he did this. Yeah. And, uh, but again, we still, all through the years, it's like crazy with him. But like, I'll tell you, like my daughter Gia's first Holy Communion, we had it at Caesar's Palace. Mm. Don't ask me why I would know Nat Hart's name. He was the food and beverage guy. <laughs> and he right. came to me and my daughter. Somebody you could never forget, right? Yeah, but my, no. daughter, but my daughter's 50 years old now. I'm, to, yeah. I'm spinning back 43 years. <laughs> wow. This guy calls me up, says, uh, come in. Uh, Frank wants, wants me to cater the whole thing. I said, okay. I said, where are we having it? <laughs> he says, the Bacchanal room, which is the gourmet room of Caesar's Palace. Okay. But it was a Saturday afternoon, thank God. I would never got it on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. But Saturday afternoon, 
and thank God Gia's name is only G-I-A, in the book, because I didn't want to exploit her, Pat creatively came up with the name of Carmen, oh. <laughs> who was her nanny. She's probably killing herself right now. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, fortunately, why I'm saying Gia only had three letters, G-I-A, because they had four-foot ice block letters floating in the pond in the middle of this restaurant. Oh, my goodness. Goes worse than this. Gets crazy bizarre. But this is who Frank was. Mm -hmm. He asked my daughter, what's your favorite television show? And she said, the Fonz. Happy days. <laughs> he had the whole cast come to her school. You're her first kidding. Holy Communion. And we had... Everybody else must have canceled their parties because all the, all the kids that received all came to Gia's party. That's so just funny. Just with their mothers and fathers and their siblings. And that's this party. Wow. But, see, that I'm, I'm giving you the good and bad about Sinatra. Yeah. That's crazy. And then I said to Matt, I said, how much I owe you for this? Said, Are you crazy? That's Nothing. awesome. No, but I mean, the guy was so generous and so crazy at the same time. Mm -hmm. But he, 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 he could be mean when he wanted to be mean. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you know, he had a, a, an entourage of wannabes. Not, none of these guys were made guys. Talking about Jilly Rizzo. Jilly Rizzo was no made guy. I mean, his wife was Honey King. She was another abortionist. They were all one click, I think. I don't know what that was about. Mm. But Fra Frank was controlled, fortunately and unfortunately, by mob people. Because when he ran to them for help, they gave it to him. Oh. And what they, when, the biggest mistake is when he ran from New York to Chicago because he was having problems here. So Chicago calls Costello. The man's name was Tony Accardo. He says, your boy is here. He wants us to help him. He says, help him. He says, now we both own him. Ooh. You told me that he uh, he did several shows a year there. He didn't get paid. He did. While well, he was doing about eight or ten for yeah. New York, then when Chicago got involved, he was doing 16. Eight for New York, eight for Chicago. No pay. What? Well, you want an insurance policy from the mob? You got it. <laughs> oh, no, wow. no, 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 no. That's why, I mean, th these stories, nobody knows these stories. And, and, and tr truthfully, I didn't want to say nobody had the balls because that's terrible uh -huh. but nobody had the nerve other than Pat and I to say it right we called it the way it is and, you know but the, and I think it's more important like people like you're saying and the, the great question thank you mm -hmm. and I know you represent all the millennium <laughs> I hope they're all out there he loves that word man. he loves I love it. that word <laughs> who all do the I millennials. know I know these and those from the neighborhood now I got a millennium word <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm trying to fit it into other secret uh, other sentences millennium <laughs> this is the millennium. how's your millennial hanging how's no your, that's not oh, right oh no no oh, no, oh, no. Oh, oh, right. you, you can't say that rewind we're getting a little blue here but <laughs> <laughs> That there's no way I would ever, you know, how, how, how do you not say Sinatra, I mean, a living legend, yeah, dead legend, iconic forever. He's like Marilyn Monroe. Right. These people will never go. They've been a great inspiration. Most people don't know the negativity of either one of them. Right. Because Even if they knew, I imagine... You know, his, his diehard fans know, but they tend to disregard that. Of course. Like, we, yeah. you know, like we, we hate to hear about the, the negative of Marlon Brando because they created such images for us to, and, and you know, it, the fantasies that they've created mm -hmm. in our own imaginations. Yeah. You'd have to write. Well, even, even, even the Kennedys, JFK, Camelot, oh all God. that. It was all a scam. No, but, but you know, I, I, I have, you touched on something that's really sensitive to me. As you know, Pat. Sure. I mean, Joe Kennedy destroyed that family. Mm. There was nobody else to blame. The father. The father, yeah, not the son and yeah. the Holy Ghost. But the father, because, you know, he was a treacherous guy. And, you know, fortunately, Costello, and he respected Costello, they were partners all through Prohibition. They amassed millions and millions of dollars. 
But, you know, he had a great legacy of Catholics, boys and girls. And what he did to, just to his own daughter, when they, they had problems with her, he got her a frontal lobotomy. Who subjects your kid? Hmm. I mean, I mean, this guy, I mean. Yeah, she was in an institution all her life. She was yeah. basically hidden. Yep, yep. Uh, her but, existence didn't even surface until after he was killed. I mean, it, yeah, well, he, she was, him. and it's funny that you should say that. He never wanted to see her while he was alive because he felt, look what I have here. She's a flaw. Oh. Perfect, our, perfect Kennedy family. Yeah. Jeez. But imagine getting your own kid a frontal lobotomy. I mean, mm -mm. God bless, I mean, his wife, I don't know, I mean, how she survived and, and arose like was, I don't know any other woman. Do you, Pat, that you could remember anybody taking that kind of abuse and with that little cute yeah. smile with a little handbag and cardigan sweater on going to church? Uh, it's crazy. An Irish wife knew her place, keep your mouth shut and smile a lot. And especially with this guy, he was a tough man. Mm. Tough man, tough you man. Giving me Jackie Kennedy? Of course, Jackie. I, Jack, I hate to say it if anybody loves Jackie Kennedy. To me, she was probably one of the youngest women I ever met in my life. In fact, Jackie Kennedy, I, I did this to Cameron Diaz, and she was really mad at me. <laughs> because when I saw, uh, I mean, we're switching tracks, but we're talking about women. Cameron Diaz, when she did uh, Charlie's Angels, mm -hmm. I know her very well. We mentioned it earlier in another broadcast that she did Any Given Sunday. Mm -hmm. This girl has no body. I don't know who they shot from the shoulders down <laughs> in Charlie's Angels. Jackie O had no body. She was a thin woman. You know, there was a, there was a clothing store on uh, East 61st Street, Jean Pietro. Did you know it, Johnny? No, I knew the story. I never went in. No. Okay, well, a, a friend of mine owned his name was uh, Mike. I forgot his last name, but I bought all my clothes there. He gave me a tremendous discount. He was a nice guy. Mike I go owned there once Pietro? a month or so. <laughs> John Pietro. Anyway, great Italian clothes, and I, I'm a clothes horse as as you are. Anyway, one day I parked my car somewhere. Those were the days, you know, forty years ago. You can actually park your car in the street on the east side. Hello. I parked it somewhere. And I'm walking up the block, and I glance to my left, and in a doorway in a, in a, in a store on, on 62nd Street is Jackie Kennedy. And she's, like, backed up against the wall all by herself, and she's scared. I, I saw it. Hmm. You know, she's waiting for somebody or something. So uh, uh, it was a split-second decision. I was a sergeant at the time. It was way before I made lieutenant. This is a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I walked down to her, and her eyes widened. I brought my shield. I introduced myself. I said, are you waiting for someone? She said, yes. I mean, she had a voice like a mouse. Squeaky mouse voice. Yeah. yeah. And she said, yes. I said, well, uh, I'll, I'll stay here with you. I'm waiting for her car. Right. Uh, and I don't know where the hell that guy went. Neither did she. She had no idea where this guy was. Mm. And I stood there with her for maybe five minutes, talk, small talk a little. And she was very gracious. And the, the the car pulled up, and she said, "Thank you very much." She got in and took off. That's my Jackie Kennedy story. Wow. Well, that helped. Yeah. Who who yeah. who met her eye to eye? You know, I went yeah, to her, I went to her wedding yeah. to Onassis. Where was that? In Greece. <laughs> well, where else would it be? Hello. No, yeah. I mean, I I met her so many times under different circumstances. Not that she would know me at all, but after a while, and then uh, Onassis. And I became friends for a lot of reasons. And nobody realized that he lent Rene all the money to rebuild Monaco and told him to come to America and marry a movie star if you want Monaco to work. Mm. And that's what they did. Wow. And he got Grace, Grace Kelly. Kelly. And uh, oh. with that, Greece rebuilt, financed all of that. The import export point ports, where I parked my boat for many many years. Mm -hmm. I got a slip because I knew somebody, but <laughs> right, on, right on the Jimmy Z's cafe on my <laughs> But uh, so when I showed up their wedding, it was a very small wedding, she was saying like, 
and she sent somebody over and said, uh, Mrs. O now wanted to know, she went from <laughs> Mrs. Kennedy to Mrs. O, mm-hmm. wanted to know what side were you invited from? Because she thought maybe, she saw me enough, maybe I'm a relative of hers. <laughs> <laughs> I was only there because of my connections with people. And at the time, Anand Khashoggi, a lot of guys, we were doing a lot of money business, and which is on, in our next book, and arms and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But she was so curious because she's seen me everywhere. But would she don't realize where she saw me first? Mm was Lily Dashay, because Marks and Claire was her hairdresser at Lily Dashay. This is when you were when you were shampooing. Yeah, when, when you when I was fifteen. <laughs> when you had to go to school, see what yeah, the and she, and she must be saying, "What is this guy following me around?" Oh Who my is gosh, this? that's yeah. so that funny. Weird? That's so random. That's why I mean, we're 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 telling a lot about what Pat and I are about to do on our next book. But it's even if you think Hollywood Godfather. Is amazing. You just wait. Wait, do you see where we're well, going? You know we're what getting it is? started. In, 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 in this business, like in the movie business or any any portion of the entertainment business, you have to do a better job. Uh, uh, your, your second whatever it's going to be has to be oh, got a better received than the first one. Oh, yeah. Got a top. So you, you can't. You, you have to. You know, and and that's the that's the thing when you get rave reviews about a book like we did. Uh, we got to top it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to You have it. no choice. He's got some to work to do. Oh, no, well, we it's got pretty it easy it. with this guy. Yeah, that's I true. Know. Both of you, are you kidding? Oh, well, I, I, I'm glad this. you said that because, I mean, and I say this, and I'll shout it from rooftops, without Pat Picciarelli, my story means nothing. Mm-hmm. It's the way he told it. He got into my head. He speaks my language. People stopping me on the streets, even today, walking down the street, People are stopping me, which is unheard of. Man, what a book, Mr. Russo! Congratulate. Oh, that's awesome. And that's uh, I, and th- I've been thank finding you for that compliment, Gianni. I really appreciate it. No, it's not. It's more than appreciated. You earned it. I mean, it's a, it's it's insane. Everywhere I go now, Pat, the book has oh, gotten that, that makes much. Makes you feel really good. I mean, it's it's crazy. My eighty-nine-year-old grandmom's reading it. Are you, you know, kidding it's, me? It, oh, it, no. She comes to my house for Easter, and she's, she has her purse, and she's carrying it in her hand. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I love it. Everybody yeah. loves it. No, that's fine. Writing is a very solitary life. I mean, you know, you you sit at a, at a, at a keyboard for eight hours a day. It's uh, to, get, to get appreciated is, is oh, it's a wonderful thing. You know, it's hard for me because I, I am such an egomaniac. No. No, well, yeah, but I, oh, but, who knew? No, but but I'm I'm honest about it because the yeah, one you thing, are. Yeah. what I'm about to say is that it's hard for me just to take these accolades when you are, you wrote this book, man. I didn't. I told oh. you stories. Yeah, I, I well, mean, it, I, it takes two to do this. I know, but at least I, but I want you to know I respect you for it. And Thank so you very I, much. I'm not taking the glory of it, and I oh. tell people all the time. It's not me, it's Pat Picciarelli. And I'm just saying that a lot, because especially when FBI's tell me. <laughs> they, they say, did you write this? I said, no, Pat didn't no, get no. it. Go, go I see him. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, know where, I don't, why you come up with that story? I wasn't in town that day. Uh, who, who's this guy? <laughs> but you know, it's funny, I think we should share this with our audience. And I, I don't think we ever have told the world that you and I wrote this book on a telephone. I don't think we mentioned that. Yeah, I never met the Did man. Did you never meet the entire time you guys were writing it? No. Entire time. time. Our, our agent uh, connected us, Frank yeah, Wyman. Frank Wyman, God bless okay. you. Yeah, he said, uh, you, want, you want to do this book? I said, man, I said, this is my favorite movie of all time. But to convince him, I said, look the life that Gianni's led. You know, he's not a trusting person. I said, He said, yeah, you know, I said, we'll do the book. I said, okay, now we got that out of the way. We're going to do it on the phone. Oh, my god! It was like. Ten seconds of silence. I didn't know what he was going to say next. He said, "You, you got you know, basically it was you got to be kidding me." But he didn't put it that way. Uh-uh. Uh, I said, "Yes, it could be done." Because I says, "You know, we're, we're eight hours apart here, and uh, you know, I got family, and you got what you got to do." I says, "You know, we have to talk every day, right? And, and it's going to be a tough, tough commute." But we did it. Wow, we did it. We did a masterful job. And even at the book party, uh, 
you know, when, uh, you know, how did you two meet? I said, we didn't meet. <laughs> said, That's right. When said, was the first time you guys met? Uh, he came to Pittsburgh. I came to Pittsburgh. He, right, you did. Venue. Last summer. Oh, last wow. Summer, just before the book uh, came out. Yep. We, we were working together for two years before uh, before we met. He calls me up one day, and he's telling me about the, the vodka. He has Don Corleone vodka, which, by the way, best vodka. And I'm not just saying that. It's, it's so no, it strong. is. It's good. I can yeah, he said, to that. He sent me, he, I said, uh, you know, he says, you got to try this stuff. And this is all on the phone still. And I think he's going to send me a bottle. He sends me a case. You know, this is <laughs> this is this is Johnny Bigheart. Of course. And and he said uh, a couple of days later he calls me up and he said, "Yeah, I'm going to be traveling." He said, uh, "You live anywhere around Pittsburgh?" And you know, New Yorkers are are, are, a, are a, a funny breed. You know, they look west, they see the Hudson River, they see a little strip of New Jersey, and that's basically as far as the country goes. Yeah, yeah. You know, they don't know anything further than that. I said, <laughs> "I I live in freaking Pittsburgh." You know, I'm I'm like an hour south of of, uh, of the city proper. So anyway, he uh, he invites us down, uh, and the rest is history. I had a great time uh, talking until like four o'clock in the morning. Is the no, presidential we, we suite in this hotel? Oh, that was funny because yeah. he he said, "Where are you staying?" I said, "I'm staying in the presidential suite at the window." He, he said, "They have one here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, said, I said, "This this is Pittsburgh, man." Wait, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. That's so, so in fact, there's a picture. There's a picture on our website mm-hmm. of us standing at that door. First time we met. Oh, was that the first time you and met? It says the presidential yep. suite. Oh, that's yep. awesome. And then it was and funny because people we we did some well we did some meet and greets, and then they wanted us to come. We were the honorary guests mm-hmm. of the opening of this restaurant, which was insane, huh, Pat? Yeah, this is a place called Market Square. It's uh, it's. Uh, Restaurant row of Pittsburgh. I don't know but where it's we beautiful. were. Pittsburgh is a beautiful city. I mean, could have been uh, Wales, could have been Chelsea, yeah. all outside. Yeah, and, really? and this is this is July, which is usually a, a, a humid mess. That night it was crisp and dry, and uh, Gianni's guests, uh, my family, maybe what twenty five people. Yeah, <laughs> seated outside. The restaurant is packed. This is opening night. Hundreds of people. This is a big place. Mm-hmm. He gets up and starts serenading everybody. <laughs> I mean, what, what a great night. I That's mean, awesome. Oh, it was, what a wonderful. Well, I'm so That's appreciative, great. you know. Yeah. A, 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 a night of that I'll never forget. And then since then, he's come in you know, to do more uh, uh, vodka venues. Mm-hmm. But you're still, you know, writing a book over the phone, not an easy thing to do. You really have to. That sounds impossible. But you got to have a meeting of the mindset. You, first of all, you have to have oh, a set yeah, schedule. Yeah. How we're going to do this? Right. And every, every day, we would say, you know, we'll 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 talk at seven thirty on the dot. We're on the phone. Right. And what we did was uh, wrote a chapter, and of course, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a lot of mistakes. It's not my story. So at the end of the chapter, I would give it to him. We'd make the create uh, the corrections. I'd correct it. Then we move on to the next chapter. And that's how we did it. Huh. And uh, we took a three hundred fifty page book. It took us. Five months. Wow, yeah. oh, something crazy. like that, right, Johnny? Yeah, but the interesting thing, and in, in, in appreciation to who he is, uh, our agent Frank Wyman represents probably the greatest writers in the world. Mm-hmm. And we, and I, I wanted to write this book since '95 for right. a lot of reasons. I went through a, a, a very bad divorce and all that, and I, I felt this book could be the vehicle to explain. To all of my kids, why daddy wasn't home. Right. But then I I was told, literally told by certain people, you can't write this book until we tell you Mm -hmm. to release it. And and they weren't divorce attorneys. They were were mob guys. (laughs) Little different. (laughs) Well, they they use a lot of attorneys, but they're they're not not really attorneys. But the interesting thing is that Frank Wyman put me in front of Dan Moldea great writer mm-hmm. Nick Pelleggi and like, I'm I mean I'm yeah I mean these guys are amazing guys right and it's I pulled surprise winners to Tom Wolf and uh, yeah Nick Pelleggi wrote Wise Guy which is what the uh, movie Goodfellas was based on oh. I mean oh. these guys are, are are writers but what don't they know they don't know the street so oh. so I said to them I said you know oh, no no disrespect to you I mm-hmm. said that's what I used to say to every wise guy in the world before I asked him <laughs> what I wanted. I said, that's disrespect for you, but what do you know about me? He said, oh, we know about you. I said, well, 
I only have one life to write. Mm-hmm. It's got to be right. Could you please write a synopsis of who you think I am? Hmm. Most people would say, "F you, hang on," right. and they did. Pat, yeah, but it's man. irony. Twenty-something years, you're looking for a writer, and Frank connects you with a cop. Yeah, right. But a cop from my neighborhood who <laughs> knew the street, knew my language, probably was trying he to arrest me, trying to arrest me fifty times. <laughs> yeah, right. Get me. He was always quick on his feet. Could never find the guy. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, that's, this is, uh, you know, a, a, a book should be written on how we wrote the book. Yeah, right. Oh, no, yeah, I think there will be. I, I have a funny feeling there may be a, a special on how the book was written. I don't know why, but I'll hmm. let you in on that secret soon. <laughs> man, man, I tell you. I strolled down memory lane. It wasn't too long ago, but it, yeah. thinking about it, it, it seems like it was an impossible task that was made easy. You're a pleasure to work with. I mean, what a what a great time! Laughing, talking oh, about yeah. people that we knew, drinking vodka, uh, having fun. <laughs> yeah, having the cocktails. You know, great dinners, great dinners. Yep, yep. really good. So let's get back to Sinatra. <laughs> the people must be saying, "What happened to Frank?" Oh, Frank, Frank who? Uh, but Frank who? For all you young listeners, he was a legend. Most of us, my age and even older. This is a guy that wanted this career so bad. Indirectly, his mother, Dolly, was his driving force. Made him who he was. A guy called Sam the Plumber, who owned all the nightclubs in New Jersey, got him out there. They brought him to New York. He must have weighed 110 pounds. They brought him to the New York Paramount. The guy's doing eight shows a day. That's crazy. And yeah, people, he would start in the afternoon and work until the following morning. Wow. And lines for every show. They they couldn't they couldn't get the people out of the theater for the next performance. That's crazy. And it was the it, it, Bobby that, Sox era, man. It, that, that 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 Paramount series that he did is still talked about today. That was in the what, the early forties or something? Late thirties? Yeah, early forties. Early 40s, and they're still talking about it. And they, an amazing uh, character. But you know what's and ironic? Is what, when, when, and Megan, it was a great, great topic today. Mm-hmm. But you know what's interesting? Uh, why I know it was the uh, 40s, I was born in 43. Mm-hmm. He was doing this already. And look where he was doing it, in Paramount. Mm-hmm. I am now partners with Paramount. That's pretty crazy. My first big movie, two movies, Paramount. Paramount. Our products. Paramount. Paramount. It's crazy, this cycle. And that's why, you know, I don't know who's out there that believe in monkeys. I don't care what you believe in. <laughs> believe in something other than yourself. If you don't get on your knees at night, just say thank, thank somebody. Thank somebody, man. Because yeah. I will never stop thanking anybody. And, and I, we should get to the mailbag, though. Oh, yeah. I, we I, should, like, yeah. This, I like this phase. <laughs> So this one kind of relates to what we were talking about. It's about Frank Sinatra. This is a question from Tony Sanfilippo. 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 Nice Italian boy. But it's two O's at the end. So yeah. Oh, that's a, that's so? a, Maybe that's his a, mother had a speech impediment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always San afraid Filippo to mess up. What she told, when she told the nurse. Filippo. <laughs> so Tony asks, what type of relationship did Nancy Reagan have with Frank Sinatra? Good question. Oh my God. Uh, are you by yourself, Tony? <laughs> Frank Sinatra wanted to be with Nancy Reagan, and he was. I can't believe it. Really? I mean, if Nancy Reagan stripped up nude, put whipped cream on her body, I'd throw flies at her. But he, he had a relationship with her. Huh. I got to write that down. I mean, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, but not only did he have a relationship with her, in, I mean, she's. That woman, I didn't like that woman. She's a nasty woman. Mm. He had a relationship with her when she was the governor oh. of California, and then when she was the first lady. Hmm. Uh, just some food for thought for previous shows. Frank Sinatra, the word is, Frank Sinatra slept with four first ladies. Really? Now you figure out the other three. Oh, <laughs> maybe that's gonna be uh, another question. Okay, so 
Another one is a question from William Saltarelli. And William said, I was catching up with AJ Benza's podcast. Oh, I love AJ. And he mentioned your podcast. I've been binge listening. The show is amazing. Here's my question. Talia Shire. She was so beautiful back then. Any kissing and telling? <laughs> oh, no kissing and telling. Uh, all due respect to her father, Carmine, and the mother. Remember, she was Francis Ford Coppola's sister. And I'm an old Italian guy. This was my first movie. There ain't no way mm -mm. I'm going near that. <laughs> and Annette, Dad, if you I'm, wanted to make a second movie. No, no, not only. Oh, man, no. That ain't threatening me. Are you crazy? If I wanted to go for it, I'd go for it. I'd make the second movie. You know <laughs> you know me better than that, Pat. Yeah, I do. But the it's other, not like a good line, though. No, it was good. <laughs> no, but the good news about it, I, I and this is how crazy. Dave, you know why she's called Taya Shire? No. David Shire, and nobody realizes David Shire is a musical genius. David Shire won the Oscar for the theme for Rocky. How ironic she played Adrian in it. Whoa. That's, and her boys, and I, there's nothing I could say that would be disrespectful about Taya Shire. Great mother, great sister, great daughter. I knew the Coppolas, I mean the Coppolas. Yeah, I did, the Coppolas. Mm -hmm. All my life, Carmine Coppola was a musician, playing mm -hmm. clarinet player. But when you think of that legacy, right, and that's why she really didn't need to work. David passed on too early. But great question, man. Great. Mm -hmm. That was a good question. Anything else? Uh, yeah, we have one left. iTunes review. From It's interesting because everybody, they don't put their real names. They put some like nickname, username when they do iTunes reviews. Well, you know reviews. why? They're, they're on the lamb. They're, you know, yeah. they're on witness yeah. protection but they're stuff. They're saying stuff good. So this one's from Paizo the Pie. And Is it a pizza pie or an apple pie? How do we I answer I am unsure. So they gave us five stars, and it's short but sweet, and it says, I've always had a fascination, fascination about organized crime. Johnny's lifetime stories are better than fiction. You can't make this stuff up. Because they're not fiction. We <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> exactly have to why. make it up. You yes, know, with so that note, I want to thank everybody. And please, if, if as a favor to us, I mean, you're actually doing Megan, Pat, and I a favor. Tell your friends, subscribe. We want to be on forever. I got nothing to do. I want to drink a couple of bottles of vodka, <laughs> do a couple of shows in my own living room. Now I'm going to hey, sit down and eat. But please, God bless you all. Tune in next week. Remember, every Wednesday night, there's a new show up, man. Good night, Johnny. Good night, Good night everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. Email Gianni Russo with your questions, comments, and for information regarding his motivational speaking appearances to Gianni at HollywoodGodfatherPodcast.com. Email Patrick Picciarelli with your questions and comments to Patrick at HollywoodGodfatherPodcast.com and visit Amazon.com for a listing of books he has written. I'm Megan Horan. I can be emailed at Megan at HollywoodGodfatherPodcast.com and would enjoy hearing from you. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. But most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your emails. Good night.